0: Welcome to Fairfield, What Are You Reading?, a next book podcast from the Fairfield Public Library in Fairfield, Connecticut. I am Philip Barr, your host and head of adult services. Each month we gather a group of library staff together for a conversation about what we are reading. What we're reading, what we've just finished, what we're excited about coming soon. Most of the books will be new, some will be older. The group will focus on books we love and hopefully you will too. The mood of this podcast is relaxed. Imagine you come into the library, ask a librarian for a next read, and a couple more people stop by, and soon everyone is trading their favorite new reads. Listen in now as we begin. Today is March nineteenth, two 2021. My guests today are Jan Fisher, Linda Quinn, Jessica Stevens, colleagues at Fairfield Public Library. We will be discussing our favorite new books, what's on the horizon, and we will even get into the joy of audiobooks and the audiobook awards coming up next week. So why don't we jump right in? Jan, I believe you're going to start with us.
1: Hi, I'm Jan Fisher, and I've been reading some really good fiction lately. Uh, The First book I'd like to talk about is The Rib King, which is by Laddie Hubbard, L-A-D-E-E Hubbard, uh, it came out in January, and it's kind of a unique story. It takes place at the turn of the century. The first part of the book is mainly about the African-American servants for a family whose finances are no longer doing so well. And we learn about how they're, how the servants are treated in this situation where the family is kind of down on their luck and how the, the servants survive. Um, There are two uh, particular ones who, in the second part of the book, are now out of that situation, and one of them has become known as the Rib King, and he is renowned for his famous barbecue sauce, which he created, which was created while he was back at the house. And the other person is Jenny, who is struggling to market her beauty products. So it takes in the whole marketing of how the rib king became so famous and why. And there are also three orphan boys who were servants as well, who figure into both parts of the story and everything comes together in the end. And it was really uh, very unusual. And there were quite a few issues that were brought out that was interesting. I, I really liked it a lot. Did they share any recipes for making ribs no <laughs> no no it wasn't that it didn't have recipes no
0: you know, know i have read mystery books where they put recipes in it. yeah
1: yeah there's a lot of those out there <laughs> yeah i want Another... to know if it was a dry rub or a, or a sour southern one no you got to read the book to find out because <laughs> the, the creation of the sauce is extremely interesting
2: Oh, now I'm hungry. And that yeah. happens
1: in the first part. The sauce is created. And then it's, it, it skips to the second part and you see what has happened with the magical sauce. So um, another book I read uh, recently that came out, I believe in 2021 is Better Luck Next Time by Julia Claiborne Johnson, who wrote the book Be Frank With Me. It's a charming story about a ranch in 1930s Reno where women would come to stay to be uh, pampered and just live there while they're waiting to for six weeks, while they were waiting to become residents, quote unquote, of, of Nevada so they could get a quickie divorce. Um, it's full of unique categor- uh, characters and unusual friendships and a little bit of humor well, quite a bit of humor and it brings up some issues on how women were treated back then and it was a fun read I really enjoyed that
0: anybody and both else? of these were fiction right fiction yeah right. anybody else
3: that one that one sounds good I like how you say the way women were treated back then
2: yeah
1: <laughs> you you get a little annoyed.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but there, yeah these were pretty much strong women so the character characterizations of them as strong women is is good
3: well i think just moving to nevada to be able to get a quickie divorce kind of points out that they are strong women yeah so aren't some
2: of and aren't some of them in hiding aren't they was Um, there like that kind of twist in it i think so yeah yeah i think it sounded really good yeah
1: i recommend it Did anyone read The Survivors by Jane Harper? I did. It's on my shelf.
3: That one was good.
1: Yeah, I enjoyed that. She writes um, mysteries that take place in Australia, and they're always very atmospheric of that setting. So this time in The Survivors, uh, Kieran Elliott returns home to his seaside home where a body turns up on the beach. And this brings back questions about um, the, the death of his own brother uh, back a number of years ago. And there's um, guilt and mystery of that. And are they related and how the town reacts to it all? And a girl that
3: disappeared back when his brother died.
1: Yep. Yeah, that
3: was really good. And she does such a fabulous job. Like Australia is almost one of the characters because mm-hmm. you, her settings are really so um immersed as i said atmospheric
2: i love them it's a really good quote linda <laughs> <What>? <laughs> about <laughs> about australia oh i love it i just love. No, you're book. right it's it's that's
3: completely true of her books there's not a lot set in australia that you find
0: yes and i and i do love the fact that um uh, a city or a country can become a, a, a character a main character in a book i love that
3: and the beauty too if you do any of the audiobooks of her books the the um the accents of the narrators it's that great australian accent
1: mm. oh interestingly i've never done an audio of uh, jane harper i've only read the books
3: no they're really fabulous because the character the narrators do are australian so you've got that accent which really adds to the whole atmosphere of her descriptions also
1: sounds good speaking of um audio and locations being um integral part of the story i listened to how the penguins saved veronica oh i just i just finished that one hazel Pryor. oh did you love it as much as i did i'm sure i recommended it to you yeah that's
3: that's why i listened to it instead of reading it and i loved it
1: so veronica is a, a woman in her 80s and she's a bit cranky but uh, she needs to find a cause to leave her uh, fortune to because she realizes she's getting on in years. Uh, so she decides to go to Antarctica where scientists are studying penguins. And it's just it's the, the character she she's uh, fantastic. Forms, bonds with the, the scientists who are there. And go ahead, Linda. I would say she's a fantastic character. Yeah. And in the, uh, the audio book, it's multiple narrators so the uh, Veronica is voiced by one actor and the other people in the story have other voices um, I just really enjoyed that it's uh, delightful
3: I think it's fantastic because she was I loved her grandson even more she goes she goes searching for any family that she might have before she determines where she's going to send her fortune and her first meeting with her grandson does not go well because he's had a really bad day mm-hmm. so watching him develop and um, the way they grow to care for each other, was really special.
1: Yeah, and you get the whole backstory of her earlier years and the grandson and all that. And why she is the way she is.
0: Yeah. So Linda, do you want to jump in with, because I know that you have uh, a certain genre that you want to talk about today.
3: Well, I've been having trouble focusing on actual fiction books. I, th- I got bogged down in a fantasy that was just too long. And given the, the times and the stress, I decided to turn to graphic novels for a little bit. So I actually went on to our platform of Hoopla, which has so many com- what they call comics, but the graphic novels are so f- much more than that. So first I read a biography of Billie Holiday. I've kind of been skimming through to find things that I know nothing about. So I've heard her music, but I knew nothing about her. And this was a really a really real and, and stark biography of her life. She died really, really early, way too early and had such a sad life that I knew nothing about. So that was one. And the beauty of these graphic novels is they're not very long. Um, you can learn something quickly. The second one I read was, was called Colored, The Unsung Life of Claudette Colvin by Emily Plateau. And it's all about a young woman who refused to get up from her seat on a bus before Rosa Parks. But because of her life, um, when they had to choose who to be the voice and the face of this Montgomery bus boycott, they completely um, kind of buried her and went with Rosa Parks, who was an upstanding member of of society instead. It was just so much that I didn't know. You know about Rosa Parks, you know about the bus boycotts, but um, again, I didn't know there was a young woman who had done it just before her and the fact that they were arrested and not acquitted, they were assured they'd be acquitted, but they weren't. Just so much of that history, I really didn't know. And it was really well, it was was cute. It was well-drawn, it was quick. And I've just been having a great time going through these graphic novels, kind of like a sorbet at the end of a meal. (laughs)
2: <laughs> can I say that I love the idea of nonfiction graphic novels because I have such trouble reading nonfiction that like usually the only way I get through it is by listening to it. But a graphic novel is just another way to explore it.
1: Right. Um, and it, and, it's and great I love that they're coming through. out with so many. Yeah. I you know, always I, find that there's so much packed into the, the uh, illustrations and, and the words. It's really, it's a tremendous uh, format.
3: Right, and that's, this all started when I found the March trilogy by John Lewis. I I never thought Mm -hmm. about it before, but it's such a great way to do nonfiction.
0: Yeah, I agree, and I think that, you know, it's, it's kind of an an easy no-brainer, people that loved comics as kids, or even love comics now, it's really, we don't really have to push them towards graphic novels, because they, they sort of organically, Keep following all that that genre as adults, but I think for people that never read comics, like I wasn't a big comic book reader when I was younger. But I feel like I've always loved illustration. I've always loved art. Um, I loved um, you know old magazine illustrations, like advertising illustrations and stuff. And so I think that if you are somebody that is attracted to those things, like you go to art galleries, you go to you 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 pay attention to illustrations. Really give graphic novels a shot because they're just such an interesting way to read a sto- to read a story. Because it's not just reading words; you're bouncing back and forth. Your eyes are bouncing back between, you know, words and images, and the images really propel you. Um, like Jan said, you just pack—they pack a whole lot into a small amount of pages, and they're just great.
3: Yeah, and it's fascinating all the different styles of the graphic novels, how the illustrators work with the authors so that the illustrations really do um, become a part of the story itself. So I've been doing, I did those two and then I did some fun things. I did one called Adulthood is a Myth, which was hysterically funny and I kept sending screenshots of it to my daughter because she's working her way into adulthood and so much of this was so her, but some of it was also me. So I actually looked up the description of it in Goodreads it says, are you a special snowflake? Do you enjoy networking to advance your career? Is adulthood an exciting new challenge for which, which you feel fully prepared? Uh, go away. So it's, it's kind of a really snarky and fun. And it was just, you know, one night I got through it and it was, it was a really funny thing. And now I'm reading one called I Will Judge You by Your Bookshelf, <laughs> which is by Grant Snyder. And anyone- world. If if you're listening to this podcast, you're going to love this book because you clearly love books. Um, And it's just very funny things about how he's judged and how he's trying to avoid the library fine mafia and that kind of thing, which I love that whole library fine mafia.
0: (laughs) Jessica, do you want to jump in with some more titles?
2: Yeah. So for um, my name is Jessica and I work at the Fairfield Woods branch. Um, I recently had a patron call me to renew a book and it was White Ivy by Susie Yang. And I was like, oh, how are you liking it? You know, I really like that book. And she's like, I'm waiting for something to happen. I'm, I'm just not into it. And it made me so sad because it's such a good book. But I think a problem is that it keeps getting marketed as a thriller. And it's so much more than a thriller. It's um, it's about a Chinese immigrant who is taught by her grandmother at a young age to steal and lie. She starts stealing uh, from yard sales and secondhand shops. And um, she starts to uh, want more out of her life. And she sets her sights on a Senator's son that she goes to school with. And she basically is now not gonna let anything stand in her way to get into that life. And um, it's just, there is a thriller aspect of it that it's actually kind of shocking, but um, it's more of an immigration story. There's so much family drama there's Romantic Obsession. It's um, a large part of the book is Ivy's family and her upbringing, which helps to explain her actions. And I just thought it was one of the most fantastic books that I read last year. And I just, I wanted more people to give it a chance and not to be disappointed when it's not your uh, your typical thriller. The, yeah, the, I, felt,
3: I felt with that one, I, I wasn't sure how to feel about it. Like normally a character like Ivy would think, ugh, I can't stand this character, Mm -hmm. but there was something about that character. Like I just felt sorry for her.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. And, And they do a really good job, like showing why you should feel sorry for her. Like her parents were borderline abusive or neglectful. Her younger brother has like mental illness and like unresolved issues that she cares about, but also is so focused on herself that she, she kind of comes off as selfish and and it's kind uh, of
3: that that whole wanting the American dream and and yes. being advanced and what mm-hmm. you have to do to get there sometimes.
2: Yeah, um, But I really I really liked that book a lot and I just wanted to bring it into uh, bring more attention to it. And then um, I just started reading um, Who is Maud Dixon, which mm-hmm. has been getting a lot of buzz. It's already on its way to Hollywood apparently, and um, I'm not too far into it, so I don't want to. I don't. Um, I didn't want to read up on it because I don't want any spoilers, but it's about a young girl who's in her like mid to late twenties who she knows she's going to be be something. Um, she's just not sure uh, when it's going to happen or if it's going to happen. And she gets fired from her job, and she starts because she's an assistant for this like recluse. Um, I don't know how to say this. This like dynamic author. She had a, a best selling book. But no one knows who this author is. She, her name, no one knows her name. No one knows if it's a man or a woman writing. All they know is that it was a fantastic book. So she gets a job um, being her assistant. So she gets to meet the author and live with the author, and um, that's basically where I am at right now. But there's just a lot of buzz around it. So I have that on my e-reader, so I'm mm-hmm. uh, anxious to get started with that. Um so those are the two fiction ones and then i can go into my audios that are all one is fiction and two are nonfiction. fiction jess have you listened to how the penguins saved veronica no you gotta add
0: that to your list
2: all right i'll put it on right now
0: <laughs> so if we we're gonna jump in about audiobooks jan maybe you should talk a little bit um, because i know the audiobook awards are coming up next week so if you can talk just a little bit about um, audiobooks and how much we all love audiobooks and the audiobook awards just really quickly. And then um, we can just go around and talk about a couple of our, our, you know, one or two of our favorite, uh, current favorite audiobooks.
1: Okay, thanks, Phil. I've been listening to audiobooks for more than 30 years when we used to have to carry around a cassette player in order to do that. Um, But I, in the past couple of years, I've had the privilege of being a judge for the Audie Awards, which is uh, an award similar to the Oscars or the Grammys for um, audiobooks, and it's uh, sponsored by the Audiobook Publishers Publishers Association, and the award uh, presentation is actually this Monday, Um, If you Google it, you can uh, watch the presentation, or if this is after that, I'm sure you can um, see it. But there, there's something like 25 categories, so um, it should make an interesting show. So uh, in the judging, I've had the opportunity this past year, I listened to 96 different audio books. I didn't have to listen to the entire thing for the first round but um, it is really something that I enjoy tremendously. gives me a lot of exposure. Um, Just to recommend something that uh, I've listened to recently is The Trial of the Chicago Seven. Whether you've seen the movie on Netflix or not, I wanna recommend this because it has an all-star cast of readers and there are um, some uh scenes at the end that you don't really get in the movie if you're not familiar with it it's about the trial of uh um supposedly insurrectionists who started riots during 1968 uh convention in chicago um the um let's see what i want to say at the the end of the audiobook they do the contempt trials which you don't get in the movie, and there's some of the finest speeches that I've ever heard were made during those contempt trials. It was It's really worth a listen on that, even if you've seen the movie. Uh, another audio book that I listened to recently that uh, is not to be missed is Cast by Isabel Wilkerson, who is a Pulitzer Prize winning author of The Warmth of Other Suns about the great migration. And if you're only going to read or listen to one social justice book this is the one um it's just incredible she compares our caste system here in the united states to that of india and it's she uses stories the book it's beautifully written it's uh the stories are riveting some of them are about her own experiences which is just incredible Um, 100%
0: at that. 100% that was one of my top books that I read in the last year just phenomenal
3: right and as we talked about how difficult it is sometimes to read nonfiction, but the, the audiobook made such a difference To really uh, take it slowly and kind of unpack stuff as it went it was it was such a fantastic listen
1: very well read mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep.
2: yeah that was really good
1: we've all listened to that yes yes okay
0: <laughs> Yay. Yeah, I just yeah. want to mention, um, as far as narration goes, I do love the multi-person um, narration, but I have to say that I'm going to do a plug here. A couple years ago, after um, James Baldwin's book, If Beale Street Could Talk, was made into a movie, I went back and listened, and was going to go back and read the book, but I ended up listening to the audio. And the narrator for that, Bonnie Turpin, uh, has done a number of books, and she's oh, just I love phenomenal. Her. I just feel like you know when it comes to audiobooks if you hit the right narrator that really speaks to you and that has a voice that can take you into the story it just creates a richness that you that you can't match it's just great she's just great
1: she is definitely one of my favorite uh, readers and uh, anything that she reads usually is fantastic
0: uh, Jess you've got some audio
2: yeah i have i have at least 3 um, so I just finished listening to The Bright Ray of Darkness by Ethan Hawke, and I didn't really know what to expect from it, but just his narration was fantastic. And I don't know if I liked the book or if I just loved his passion in reading it. Um, he His voice is raspy and hoarse, but like it's it's literally like that's who the character is. And I don't know if that's how his normal voice is, and it, it made me like go down this deep like um, rabbit hole of Ethan Hawke history. But the book is about um, a young movie star who um, has an affair, and his rock star, his America's sweetheart rock star wife leaves him, and they're getting a very public divorce. So he's in a taxi and the taxi driver is giving him a lecture on he had everything. Why wasn't it enough? But also, can I have, can I get a photo with you? And so like people are lecturing him about, um, you know, his affair, but then they're, they're still like- They still
3: want something from him.
2: Yeah, exactly. So he, at the same time that his life is imploding publicly, he's starting work on his first Broadway show where he's playing um, Hotspur, uh, Henry Percy in Shakespeare's Henry the Fourth. So, and this, this part, um, a lot of people loved was that Ethan Hawke has said that his first love is theater and the, the, the details about working on a production really come through in this book, you know, the behind the scenes, the, the practicing, the screen reads, the actors, the emotions, the pressure, like all this stuff that like, that you don't really realize is happening. Um, he talked, he goes, is a big part of this book. Um, so it's it's all you know. The character is trying to prove to himself that he's a good person, and he thinks that if he does the best um, part that he can play, that that will somehow translate into him being a good guy in the rest of the world. So he's every day he's like blowing out his vocal cords in these performances because he thinks it's going to be the last one he can do because of his voice, and uh, it, it's just there was so much emotion, and you know there were some. Uh, I don't know how to describe it. Give me one second. Um, there there was a lot of emotion and just a lot of, uh, I don't know, stress. You could feel the pressure that he was putting on himself. There was issues with his family coming up and um, him dealing with his children. And um, it's clearly drawn from the elements of, of his own life. When he um, got divorced from Uma Thurman, um, he had an affair and, and they ended up being divorced. Um, but yeah, it was a. Uh, there are a couple quotes that I liked. It was "Have a boring life and make your art thrilling." When they were talking about, um, you know, people were giving him advice, unsolicited advice. Mm-hmm. So that so was like,
3: that. Is he trying what, to redeem himself through his acting, or? Yes.
2: Yeah, he's. He basically thinks that if he does an amazing job on on at this show, that like the world will see him as a good person again, because that's all he wants to be is a good person.
0: He's like, he's like Tom Hanks. He really is kind of a renaissance man because he acts, he directs, he writes. It's just, it's, his talent is pretty incredible.
2: Yeah. So interesting. So I, I dove down the rabbit hole with him and he wrote a book when he was 25 or whenever he got divorced from Uma Thurman, he wrote a book and he, the main character had the same name as Bright Ray of Darkness. His name is William Harding. And it was the same kind of thing, like a man trying to, um,
0: Redeem himself?
2: Yes, thank you. Redeem himself, <laughs> um, but it was a completely different uh, plot. So they're saying that, like now, twenty-five years later, he finally got it right. You know that the book is a different plot, but it's the same character, and it's still about the redemption. And I mm-hmm. guess this is his fourth or fifth
0: novel. Yeah, I, that's what like, I meant. He really is prolific. Mm-hmm. I think he's
2: had a uh, lot of time
3: there. to think about his life during the pandemic. I saw him, I think, on Colbert talking about this about a month ago Mm. and you know a lot of the the time for introspection when you're stuck at home
2: now was his voice raspy
3: it was a little raspy
2: okay it was very raspy and at first it was off-putting but then you realize that this character is blowing his vocal cords out every day and i was like and i thought that was very impressive that he was able to kind of like portray that right the next the can um, can
0: i just jump in we need to wrap up soon but i do want to can you just Quickly go through the other two books, Jess. For us. Yep. So these Forrest. are both
2: older books. They're both nonfiction. One is Hollywood Park by Mikkel Jolay He's the frontman for the band Airborne Toxic Event. I can only describe this as like another um, half row courses or glass glass houses. Jeanette Walls. Um, glass, castle. glass
3: castle. Glass castle. Glass castle. There we go.
2: Thank you. So he was born in a cult, um, basically raised in an orphanage-like setting, and then he was. You know he escaped the cult when he was five and he grew up in a life of poverty surrounded by mental illness addiction raised on government cheese and then he discovers music and running and it's just this fantastic him pulling himself up like hand by hand um into an emotionally stable life it was beautiful he reads it himself there's music he wrote an album um with his band that you can listen to and like he plays like kind of some of the tracks on the audiobook which made it so fantastic um to interject that
1: is uh one of the nominees for multi uh, narration by the author category for the audio awards so
2: okay well he needs to win because it one. was the best <laughs> and I'll, I'll save my other one for another time okay it, it's, there's a lot of it and by the way,
1: Jess, you said it's an older book. It's uh, 2020, as librarians, um, we, we have a different concept of It feels like it was patients. five years ago.
2: I've been talking about it for so long. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, thank you, Jan, Linda, and Jessica so much. This was a great episode. And I want to thank you, our listeners, so much for joining us for another episode of What Are You Reading? podcast brought to you by Fairfield Public Library in Fairfield, Connecticut. Check out our show notes for book titles and authors mentioned today, and please join us next month for another conversation about what we are reading. Thanks, all. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.